0: Yeah, that whole notion that we have of what progress should Mm -hmm, look like mm -hmm. is all an illusion. Because I needed needed that experience. Having to really set aside my pride um, and just do what I needed to do for our Mm -hmm. family.
1: The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Simon just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. How does it feel when someone you love opens a clear and unedited view into their own inner experience? When, in conversation, they pay you the glowing compliment of treating your presence as a safe space for all that they are? For me, it's a clear signal that I can stop being somebody and just be real. For 100 episodes of Psilocybin Says, that is what's going on here. Isn't it incredible to find ourselves in a space of unpredicated love where there is nothing to be but real? You are listening to the 100th episode of Psilocybin Says. To support it, subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok.
0: Well, I I am wanting to know <laughs> how was the last couple of years for you?
1: One sentence, go. One sentence, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. i How about one word. That's a sentence. I don't. It, it's it has been all over the fucking place, all over the place. But it has been kind of like the rest of my life getting better over the long. Long view.
0: Kind of like us going back to these handheld mics after having the film mics.
1: You take take one, two steps forward and one step back sometimes. That's right. That's how you make progress.
0: It's the in-between, the glue.
1: I mean, no, seriously. Like our lives have been a lot of that, like big leaps forward and then hold on, pull it back. All right, now let's move forward again, Mm -hmm. knowing, learning what we've learn so yeah according i looked at the today i looked at the spotify you know we we're kind of talking about this episode what we're going to do for this conversation and i looked back at our spotify and i don't know if we intended to or not but um our very first episode i don't think we intended on doing that i don't remember talking about it and i feel like we would have i felt like we would have directly recalled that but we've published our first episode on the anniversary of our meeting and the
0: day that we eric and i met yeah the first yeah, time.
1: That's us. Like, I don't mean, us. We in the day audience. of
0: our meeting. I
1: don't know. Yeah, like... the day that we met. the day, <laughs> yeah. of, our, the day of our meeting. Yeah,
0: ten
2: years ago. I know we
1: have. <laughs> I know we have meetings almost every day. Maybe that's what you're confused right. about. There's a lot we've of got meetings. A meeting today, we've got to get to a couple of them. But anyway, yeah. So that was pretty cool. And our thoughts around this hundredth episode is that we're going to talk about us. Our progress,
0: so, a report, a report card, yeah, of sorts, yeah, no pass or fails. Just. Well, so
1: you know, big part of this whole podcast and why we do this is because we want people to get to know us. Um, if you're gonna even consider coming into the community that we have formed together uh, with other friends and members of our community, then probably a good idea for you get to know us a little bit um, through our conversations. But this is maybe. Just kind of touching back on, like the core of of us. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So yeah,
0: yeah. What's happened? I mean, we kind of tried to make a verbal outline of this before we started, and
1: I mean, <sighs> if started, you would- everything's fucked, and they got fucked more, and then we thought it was going <laughs> to shit, and then there was a light, and then we kind of like expanded on that light a little bit. And then we thought it was fucked some more. <laughs> and then things got better for a little while. And then it was fucked again. <laughs> that was the outline. <laughs> it was so fucked up. And then it wasn't so fucked and then, up. And then it was so fucked up again. And, and then, then Eric it was, little... was like, all right, we're just going to hit record. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, <laughs>
0: that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's pretty good synopsis.
0: It is nuts. like for you listening, like when you reflect on the last two years of your life. A lot can happen in two years and it doesn't seem like when we're in the moment that Mm. sometimes it feels like nothing's happened. Like nothing's happened I'm in the same place my life is just so boring. But then when you really start thinking about it, a lot happens that we navigate each day and week.
1: For sure. That's where I've been a lot this last week. You know, I've been talking with you about how I feel like just been kind of feeling like i am n- not getting a lot done um not doing a lot because i think so much of my i'm just used to things moving in a really fast pace but when i look back there has been a lot going on we have gotten a lot done uh, it just looks different than you know how we have been maybe done things in the past <clears throat> so mm-hmm. yeah and
0: i mean when i look back to Two years ago, when we recorded the day we recorded that episode,
1: mm-hmm. that the first four episode, four-hour four episode,
0: four-plus-hour episode. Thank you to all of you listening who listened to that. Um,
1: and there's been a lot of people that said they listened to the whole thing.
0: Thanks. Shockingly, a lot yeah. of people. You know, when you're telling your own story, it's like, who is gonna want to listen to this?
1: I think my story is pretty fucking exciting.
0: It's a pretty good
1: story. Our story.
0: Yeah. Um, but that day, like, I was so nervous to record that. I'm mm-hmm. not, the only podcast episode I'd recorded prior to that was the Psilocybin Chronicles with you, which is no longer up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that was the first episode I'd ever recorded besides that. And I was so nervous. And now, like, the fact that I can just start when I think about recording a podcast episode, I'm not like shaking. Mm, (laughs) It's mm -hmm, pretty mm -hmm. big for me. And I've forgotten that I was so nervous and would just blank. I would constantly blank out from just anxiety of talking and knowing people are listening. And now I don't feel that way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love watching you um, improve or get more comfortable in that world of just recorded conversations with people. You know, I've been seeing you do that here through the show, but also through the um, through stuff at sanctuary. You know, the workshops and uh, you doing these women's circles and whatnot is really, I think, you know, for me looking at you and like that that it's it's maybe easier for me to see my own growth when I contextualize it in your growth because I can see you as a different person and. I have seen how much you've more you've stepped into yourself in so many ways over the last couple of years in particular um, and those you leading those women's circles that you do here in town I think is the the biggest example of that maybe uh, I just I don't know I love you doing that um, you know, just to kind of backtrack that was such a a big point of contention or stress um it was it was depressing to you in jamaica that you were strictly on the admin side you were Mm -hmm. always uh, disconnected from the community and, Mm and sitting behind a computer uh and you know even then i did not want that for you as much as you didn't want it for yourself uh so to see you not only getting into that kind of role more but being so good at it, I mean, people, you know, your last women's circle, which, you know, was really nice. It was your birthday and uh, they surprised you. A bunch of women surprised you, you know, with cake and presents and, and whatnot. Um, but just see, yeah, seeing you stepping into that and that you being valued and seeing your value, it's, uh, God, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. Um, and then, you know, there's lots of other areas in our personal lives where I've seen you make, you know, significant growth, um, stepping mm-hmm. into yourself as a mother. I think being a mother of a daughter has had a, a big impact on you, has been, you know, changed things and,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, uh, other aspects of our relationship in life that we'll get in, talk to you a little bit here. Uh, it, it I don't know. It's just, it's very obvious to me that you have grown a lot over the last 10 years for sure um, but over the last two years um, coming back here into our own community seems to it seems to almost expedite things because we are regularly in sight of our peers mm-hmm. whereas you know in Jamaica it was we were Isolated on an island, there, were, there weren't a lot of peers there. It was mainly employees, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how we can look around us and, and more easily see growth sometimes. I certainly, when I think of you and how you were day-to-day, a couple of years ago versus now uh, it's it's a little bit like what's the word not shocking but when we got back from Jamaica like the amount of self-care practices that you started for really the first time, I mean, I'm trying to reflect on your self care practices in Jamaica.
1: And- I did Qigong. You know, I would go out late at night and early in the morning by the by the sea and do my Qigong. Um I got I was getting into an exercise routine down there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is is weed self care?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if so, then there was a lot of self care. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, the transition in moving and and starting over, moving back here was starting completely over mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. It felt like. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and, even this house that we have owned, we hadn't lived in hardly at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we came back and remodeled, repainted, and did a lot of work. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, we were thinking of moving. Or selling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the we house. were we were on the because we the, were yeah. ready. We were just we were looking for a property in Jamaica yeah. to buy mm-hmm. and live there and planning our future there mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden we're back here and it felt very like whiplash. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: it was very whiplash. Yeah, very
0: a whiplash experience and um me being pregnant and. Anna starting over and having really just this house and very little, very little money, and just having to kind of like scramble to make basic ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, whew, that was really, really hard. Back to my outline. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I mean, truly like to be authentic. Like I want to be authentic on this episode and I don't want to just talk about like the good parts of our growth. Like that was a really, really, really challenging, hard anxiety ridden Mm -hmm. time. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And it just felt like free falling off of a cliff for months and months. And with just, (laughs) just with a hope and a prayer and, also, a lot well, like that was coming off COVID too.
1: It wasn't just a hope and a prayer. We were we were putting forth a lot of effort to um, reconcile the situation. You know, there was a the number of meetings that we had with mm-hmm. our attorney and you know um, other individuals who uh, you know were you know. In support of us um, was there was a lot of work, even though it it, it didn't feel like mm-hmm. you know we were doing some some sanctuary stuff by that point, but there was a lot of a lot of effort uh involved in kind of setting things right yeah. which is interesting you know I didn't even think about this this is to me really interesting, so we talked about together you know our car being stolen. You know, and how that kind of related to um, energetically kind of related to what led us to kind of coming back to the States, you know. And do you realize that it was was January 1st that everything was resolved? Mm. And this year, January 1st, when we had another major you know i don't know if i would say resolution but mm-hmm. change
0: mm-hmm.
1: in our lives and so that's what's been really interesting to me you know down there uh you know it was like my birthday Ma- uh mars was in retrograde which i'm not an astrologist <laughs> not, you're not <laughs> i'm not an astrology person Aww. so much but I mean, it's like uh, I've started just like we talked about the crystals last week or whatever, you know, I'm started to see consistencies here. And I think that's been part of my growth as well is opening up to these other realities that I have uh, been so skeptical of for a long time. And down there, like Mars was going through this retrograde. It was so powerful. It was like it was waking me up and I I, I, I had to go outside and I would go into these almost trance states with it. And, you know, I had this intuitive sense, or I was told, or whatever you want to translate it, that by the next Mars retrograde, that things would be reversed. Things would be going in the other direction. Mm-hmm. a more a more positive direction right and when mars retrograde happened this year it was 2 years later we went through it and that was when the car was stolen and that was when uh you know our lives changed significantly so that's really interesting to me mm-hmm. um yeah
0: That is really interesting. Mars,
1: this whole thing. I don't know. There's anybody out there that has a handle on what Mars is other than just a red planet because it has, has, it's as crazy as it sounds. It has spoken to me on particularly in the last two years. But when I look back over my life, I can see that there is this kind of sense that is connected to that whole, like there's a, a kind of a, a fingerprint to it it feels like, mm-hmm. so anyway, that's been that's been a really interesting kind of process to watch it unfold and and see that marker through it all,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I do feel like what just came up for me and thinking about that and the transition back here. And really, starting from scratch again after putting so much into mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. in Jamaica and um, that venture, um, a theme for me there for a while was definitely humbling. Letting go of my perception of of progress. Mm. Because I like, I went back to working as a retail manager after having this director of operations at an international organization for a couple years title, mm. and now I'm I'm managing a retail store mm. like a health food and supplement store. Like, mm. what the hell? I was not. I'm not supposed to be doing this again mm-hmm. was this dialogue that just kept running in my mind like like what is what is this? Why do I need to do this again? Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was behind me. I thought I had grown. I thought like I was developing a career and a reputation of sorts. and here I am back and it felt embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It felt like having to really set aside my pride um, and just do what I needed to do for our Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really hard. I felt very grateful for being welcomed back into that little Mm -hmm. community and work life. But it was also really hard, didn't feel good, had to wear a mask all the time because COVID was still the full force situation and <clears throat> like double masking at times like while super pregnant and like hard to breathe i'm like why am i doing this why am i <laughs> what is this but um yeah that whole notion that we have of what progress should mm-hmm, look like mm-hmm. is all an illusion mhm mhm cuz i needed i needed that experience mm-hmm
1: for For sure sure. and it helped to eventually kind of launch you forward again Mm -hmm. you know
0: it was really good for me to get back in the mix of people every Mm -hmm. single day instead Mm -hmm. of like you mentioned earlier behind a computer mm -hmm.
1: it reminds me of when i after we were arrested and i had to go back to work at uh, in the food service you know i was working Mm -hmm. in the kitchen i was i was just like how can this be i went from owning my own farm and being this like crazy cool mushroom guy to be in
0: crazy cool mushroom guy
1: back on probation wearing literally wearing an ankle bracelet mm-hmm. and going to work cooking burgers at a restaurant it was it was humiliating really and then you would come in there with your family a couple times to sneak and see me because we weren't supposed to see each other mm-hmm. and like I desperately wanted to see you but I was also mortified at you seeing me you know in that situation um, mm-hmm. and you know, as for me, like, whew, there's, there is just a ton really, if we do start, if we look back and really take a, an inventory and, you know, for me, one of the big strides that I've made, I feel like is just like this last couple of days where I've been in a pretty, I was in a, in a bit of a funk, but nothing compared to what it, it had been like in years previously. And even just yesterday, while you know I didn't like, you know, sit down, and meditate, and jump up and be like, "Yay, I'm back!" But you know, <laughs> I, I took it upon myself, knowing that I was in a you know not in the best place, feeling good about myself, to sit and meditate and just bring my awareness into my heart and just you know connect back to the center of me, uh, as much as I possibly could, which was, which was really helpful. And like I said, I didn't immediately turn the ship around, but it was, a uh, certainly, a um, redirecting that, the, the course of the ship and it's paying off this morning. I can feel it, you know, whereas in years gone by, I probably would have spent, I don't know. It would have been really intense and dark and probably drug a bunch of people down with me. And, um, would not have come out of it nearly as quickly. So, giving myself props is probably one of the um, most um, beneficial things that I've done in recent years. You know, yeah. and our journey together, I just can absolutely point at the time when you said something to me about me talking bad to myself, how much I talked. Down to myself and insulted myself, dumbass, and all that stuff, and that really, like, it set me thinking, and eventually helped me get on a different course. And uh, it just, you know, I, 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 guess like coming back here, I want to ask, like, was it? I know that the Bob Proctor stuff that we got involved in played a big role, um, and there have been other you know, teachers. In the last couple of years, and I don't know. I feel I feel like that has been another really important piece of my growth. While I have always, you know, read books, read you know authors, and have um, and searched for knowledge, um, I didn't when it came to advice for how to live and how to think. I wasn't hearing it. I was, I was in my own head. I knew what was right, even though it wasn't working for me. Clearly, it wasn't working well. I still had that very, um, you know, male power centered. I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody to tell me what I'm doing. And the 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 almost as soon as I opened my mind and heart up to hearing yeah. other thoughts on how to think it began to really bring about a drastic change in my life
0: it brings up a lot for me um reflecting back on when we were in jamaica and how much i wanted to be a part of the retreats in some capacity i really limited myself and didn't think I had major imposter syndrome telling myself that this is your place. Mm. And behind a computer in this room, this is what you're good for. Mm. Like, don't even think for a second that you're good for anything else. Like, Mm. you're not good with people. You're not good with supporting people. Like, there's just all kinds of stories that ran through my head. And that was really really painful and after going through that whiplash mm-hmm. of the moving back here and really i mean being pregnant i feel like had a big role to play in me letting go um knowing that i'm bringing we're bringing a daughter into the world
2: mm-hmm.
0: a woman eventually and feeling like just reflecting on wanting her to feel, wanting to show her with my actions. Um, the, the part of me stepping into myself mm. and connecting, allowing myself to connect because mm. that really is what it came down to. I was afraid mm. of rejection, mm-hmm. really afraid. I would put myself out there and people wouldn't like it. And I'd be told to step down and like, it would confirm everything mm. that I was already thinking. And with Ananda coming in, I just really started to feel this in a very real way. I never, I don't want her to, I want her to see the opposite. I want her to see me like being afraid and doing the thing anyway. Mm -hmm. And when you started getting into Bob Proctor's material, and teachings um i was very skeptical of that Mm -hmm. at first but you had it playing in the background a lot and a lot of the things that he was saying made a whole lot of sense and helped remind me after being separate from the retreats and just doing the operational like cold operational logistical stuff Mm -hmm. that it was still possible for me like it was still possible for me to like, I am connected mm-hmm. already. I just, once I realize that I'm already connected, then I can like jump on the wave and allow myself to be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, so what, like, I mean, what do you think it was for you that allowed you to open up to new teachers? All and-
1: that. I think it was just, um, that's a really good question. I think it was just desperation. I think it was nothing else had worked. Um I don't know I don't know where I came across his stuff cuz he was definitely the one that got me into you know kind of um what's it called the new new thinking isn't it or new what's it called uh like Florence Gobelsham was the big, big, kind of the beginning of it, or one new of the thought. new thought uh, leaders. Yeah. Um, and now I'm ready to fucking campaign for Marianne Williamson. Shit. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
0: like, like, yeah. Talk about a shift.
1: Man. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. A, a big, I think ultimately, though, what is behind it is me as, as I began to let go of the thought that i knew what was best for me that allowed me to open up to different ideas
0: yeah Uh, because once like you're saying out of desperation like once we have no other choice mm -hmm. it's been put in our face like completely unable to ignore the justifications of why we think this and that Mm -hmm. um why we shouldn't change or listen Mm -hmm. to people and like you know, the the whiplash that we experienced was like, well, <laughs> no, really, mm-hmm. no, really, really. You really need to do something different. Right. Really. I mean,
1: I, I had been exposed to Joe Dispenza down in Jamaica f- through James Godfrey. Uh, and that was kind of the first person, him and Bruce Lipton, you know, were some of the first, they were science-based people that were speaking to, you know, brain, heart coherence, and law of attraction, and that kind of stuff, and so that probably was like the the key to the door. Um, but Bob Proctor really he, he he opened my mind up, and you know, again, it's like this whole it's like this whole notion of two two steps forward and one step back, because you know, I started listening to Bob, came into his work, thought it was really valuable enrolled in the program felt like i got scammed you know a bunch of money Mm -hmm. lost um and then but what i didn't do is i didn't just like dump the whole thing i felt like there were people within his network that were selling and they were unethical sellers Mm -hmm. and whether or not he had an active role in that i don't know I've talked with a lot of people or I've talked with about three people who I know and trust who have worked directly with Bob Proctor. And they all said that the dude has a heart of gold and he really, you know, believes and loves his work. He's passed on now, obviously, but, um, so, you know, I don't know. I felt really burned by that, but I, but I didn't allow that to, um, for me to give up. It, it, Me understand more of how I want to work with people and that whatever we build that is encouraging and supporting people, we want to do everything we can to ensure that it doesn't turn into, you know, this is a story of ours that we've kind of, you know, worked through in various ways that what we are creating isn't something that can be taken by someone else and misused and ter- and used for the opposite of the intention of which mm-hmm. we built it for. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've we've seen that in a, a couple of instances. Um, and I think we've done a good job so far with Sanctuary in just from go, this thing is open source, open forum, everything is everyone's we are creating a community mm-hmm. That follows these basic ethical guidelines, and from there, run it. It was my my purpose actually. And you know, when I was when I was on the beach, and Mars said to me, <laughs> like "Psilocybin says that's what happened." I was down there in this trance. The the planet of Mars like spoke to me in my bed. I'm like laying in bed and. This thing keeps saying, "Come outside, come outside, come outside." I'm like, "Fuck it, okay, fine." I go outside, and all I can do is just stare at this planet. It's just, just got me stuck. And then I go into this trance, and I keep hearing the psilocybin says, psilocybin says, and the, at least the conscious motivation behind it was initially for me to put something out there that was fully completely and raw me that it it, it get, it's all the opportunity that you need to attack me and it's all the evidence that i need to say this is who i've said i was all along and then you know you being a part of that kind of just naturally unfolded mm-hmm. um because you know like the same thing like what We are, um, with Sanctuary, we're building something that we want it to be its own organism. Um, We understand that we are very present figures in the community, and so it just seems right that we put ourselves out here in this, in this raw way, this really authentic way so that, you know, people know that we're get, what they're getting into. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's just a further, it's just a further kind of manifestation or, uh, embodiment of what I really and truly have always tried to, uh, to be is unabashedly me just, and, and that's what, you know, people over the years, um, i've had a number of people who've come to uh work with us you know in mushrooms and they've seen how passionate i am about the mushroom and um then n- not infrequently people have mistaken my passion for their passion you know and they're like oh he's so passionate about mushrooms i want to be passionate about mushrooms too mushrooms are so great and of course they are and if someone really honestly feels compelled to be passionate about mushrooms then so be it you know great we need all all that we can get but the the real root of the message that that i try to convey in my life and in my the work and the words that i share is for everybody to follow their passion for everybody to to be as authentic as you can be to follow your joy it's not going to be easy there it's going to be two steps forward and one step back but if you if that stay that course and that is your focus to to follow the divine inspiration that is within you then you will have success in terms of a joyful, fulfilling life with people who are ideal, ideologically aligned, spiritually aligned. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's seems to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not, see the, I, I don't want to ramble on too much, but I can like, just say real quick, if I could, that it, what I think why it wasn't working in Jamaica really and truly Uh, why it didn't work is because I did not fully, really fully embrace and embody my authenticity. There were aspects of myself that I attempted to hide uh, because of having been either ridiculed before because of them or having aspects of myself used as a professional threat against me
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's what one thing i'm really loving about sanctuary what you know this thing called that we're calling sanctuary Mm. um which feels like to me this invitation to the people that we're magnetizing and they're magnetizing us um, together. It's this group, this container of inviting us to continually practice being more of ourselves Mm -hmm. and what's happening with the minister programs. Like there's so much to evolve there. Mm -hmm. We're just getting started with that, but being able to say, we really want you, minister, to have your flavor mm-hmm. with these, you know, playground rules mm-hmm. um, of sorts in the code of ethics. Bring your flavor mm-hmm. because that's the only way. Like, that's the way that you will, you will have relationships, work with people, other members that feels good mm-hmm. so that there's not this forcible mm-hmm. um, pressure to hold space like for people that mm-hmm. aren't in alignment. Or walking you. on
1: eggshells around people because, yeah. 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 yeah,
0: and like you say, like this podcast has been, when I mentioned that first episode when I'm like shaking and I'm I'm feeling like, I have not felt allowed to speak freely mm-hmm. uh, for maybe ever. I'm not. I've not felt that way, and I, because of communities that I'm a part of, like whether that's professional community or friendship communities, where it's just like just feeling stigmatized and like needing to be a certain way to be accepted. Um, I feel like that's why I was shaking on that first episode is Mm. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be me right Mm. now in front of anybody who Mm -hmm. may listen to this. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's going to be consequences, like negative ones. And it was really hard for me to see the Mm. positive implications of being me Mm -hmm. on that first episode. Mm. And that was the anxiety. And now that... This is our 100th episode, and it's like every single day, people are messaging us or in conversation. People coming into sanctuary or however we're meeting people, and they're saying like, "You really, you really helped me mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. just by being you mm-hmm. and talking about hard shit." And thank you. And like, I'm, I'm really feeling now the the positive implications of that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And talking about our relationship explorations, Mm -hmm. um, talking about questioning the status quo Mm -hmm. in marriage and intimacy and uh, with ourselves and other people like that has been a really scary topic for me to talk about. And I know I know now that tons of people can relate to that topic and mm-hmm. um and um I'm just feeling really grateful to be able to explore that with a community of people who are like open to listening and questioning mm-hmm. their own ways of thinking about things.
1: Mm-hmm. So you want to do you want to talk about that right now specifically, or do you want to? Because um, that's been a huge, huge shift. I would venture to say that that that's the single biggest shift that probably we, but I know I have made in terms of my energy and expectations and all. um Mm -hmm. You know, I've talked, I don't know, I don't even know where to begin with it. You know, so much of this is, you know, Cordy and I are going to do an entire episode on this concept of the divine feminine um, because that has been a major, major contributing factor in uh, shifts that I've made uh, in so many aspects of my life, but in particular uh, in terms of our romantic relationship Uh, and like porn and all that all that kind of stuff. Um so yeah, I don't know. Do you wanna talk you wanna lead that conversation or how do we even wanna get into that? You know? I don't know. I mean I guess I feel like
0: um what comes up for me is reflecting back to not just two years ago, but 10 years ago when we Mm -hmm. met and that was an intentional part of our relationship from the go Mm -hmm. was our willingness to consider other options. Mm -hmm. um, As we formed a intimate relationship Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's, Maybe there's a a way in which we won't feel like we need to hide our feelings um, that come that may come up for mm-hmm. other people, and maybe there's a way in which we feel free, which so like so not many couples partnerships um, withstand that longevity of the true feeling of authentic expression Mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And that was something that when we met was really important to us. Mm -hmm. And it's been a road. It's Mm -hmm. been a rocky road Mm -hmm. of exploring that programming Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. within ourselves and the stigma associated with not having a traditional monogamous Mm -hmm. relationship um, and a couple of years ago, I, I just felt kind of, I just felt tired. I felt tired of trying, of, of being willing to question all of that because it is a lot of work. Like whenever you're reprogramming anything, mm-hmm. any type of, um, uh, belief system in which you really feel it's not quite right. It's mm-hmm. not quite me, mm-hmm. but it's it's all these stories that we've held for so long um like it's a lot of work and energy to continue to practice stepping into a new way of living and thinking and we had attempted um exploring that with um various partners and it's just and separately and, you know whether separately. that would be like and uh i guess i i guess i got to a point where i just kind of was done i just wanted to relax <laughs> i just wanted to like be quote unquote normal
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and not have to deal with society's judgments and everybody's judgments about us and mm-hmm. i felt exhausted with explaining myself mm-hmm. explaining our agreements mm-hmm. with each other well
1: and when so many of the people that you we talked to would reflect back you know their own fears and their own judgments right and that is the majority of what we heard the yeah. vast majority of what we heard from people um and it was, it's like it blows me away it it like it, without going into too much detail but like that some people would say things like you should just go get a prostitute instead of trying to have someone in your relationship mm-hmm. because it'll be less drama or it'll be less um stigma from the outside
0: yeah oh like, great yeah that's what we're
1: <laughs> like professional people who we worked with said to go get prostitutes rather than
0: because you might be judged by and this might affect you know your
1: credibility your credibility
0: so it'd be better you'd be better off like sincerely going well guess to what psychedelics
1: affected my credibility for a little while and now everybody's Praise and psychedelics
0: i think you're missing the point
1: it, friend it, well it, again it goes back to what you're saying that's why i want to have compassion on everybody in the situations that the reprogramming is it's very difficult um and you know when you're trying to find what is the authentic self in a structure that is inauthentic itself then you're going to spend years like peeling about the layers and trying things that don't work and trying to find what is it that I actually really want. And, um, you know, I don't know. I know that I, I, I know that I put you through a lot of heartache and headache in that, um, because it was, you know, for me, there was a lot of back and forth and, you know, that, that topic, that the it, it, it was beyond a doubt for, for since i was probably my first marriage i was in my first marriage at age 20 let's say and f- probably from that time if not from that time then very shortly thereafter like this subject was the source of the mo of the most of my um, suicidal ideation. I mean, I thought about killing myself. I couldn't even tell like seriously, like wanted thought that was the only option to stop the suffering for a very long time. A very long time. Up until up until we left Jamaica ultimately. I mean there were even some times there was about six months after we got back that I still really struggled with that and the it wasn't because i felt like i was inherently wrong it was because i felt like these natural normal desires and impulses that i had were so they were perceived as wrong to the extent that they didn't they did nothing but cause pain for other people and you know i do I, I it is important to point out that those desires or that kind of push or that that impulse i don't know how to, i don't know how to, i know that it's centered from love i know that it was not a strictly a physical sexual um kind of a kind of impulse that is sometimes how it would I think express itself um because so much of our culture again particularly for men in our culture love and sex are so fuck confounded you know um and it was only in finally like letting go of all that when i was finally able to let go and not judge myself, but also not pressure myself. Because I was pressuring myself. Like, you know, you want this type of life. You know this is the right type of life for you. Then you've got to make it happen. You know, that's been my MO most of my life. I'd say I grew up was make shit happen. And so I tried to make shit happen. And as soon as I stopped trying to make shit happen, then came out of my head and into my heart and I could connect back with that love and I found myself able to I found myself able to actually love the goddess again really and I and I originally directed all of that to the earth when I started to you know pull back from this um kind of projecting this onto another human out there um then i started to experience this uh, like relationship with the feminine in in terms of like with the earth um so like god i don't even know how I don't even know where this is like such a huge topic. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know, like I had someone come to me this weekend and say, thank you so much for talking about, uh, you know, your struggles with non-monogamy because it has helped me so much feel like I'm not alone. And I know that for men and women, this is a thing that, you know, a lot of people feel really alone in this because it Mm -hmm. is a topic that so many people are afraid to talk about, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what you said about letting go of the pressure, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what you said about letting go of the pressure to make it happen. Like that's been a big part of my journey as far as this topic goes Mm -hmm. is learning to listen to my feelings and communicate with myself and be honest and stand up for my boundaries. And that's like, like there's so many different styles of non-monogamous relationships. Like, like I don't know, a hundred different styles mm-hmm. and ways mm-hmm. to do it. And I think when you say that, when people say non-monogamy, they equate it with polyamory. And it's like, there's just so many ways of, that people feel comfortable and inclined to have to, to practice different relationship styles. Mm -hmm. And for us, one of our most important values is family. And, and that's been a part of our conversation since, you know, 10 years ago is Mm -hmm. like keeping things together. Mm -hmm. And we've tried different ways too, Mm -hmm. but we've continued to come back to like, is this how we're trying this now? Is this contributing to our family Mm -hmm. health Mm -hmm. or not? Mm -hmm. Because the moment that it starts to feel like it's a stressor on our family unit, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: like both of us are pretty disinterested.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And so because we're talking about, our growth in the last couple of years. And like my, this is a big, this is a big thing for me. Like we have, like you're saying, let go of pressure to, to make this relationship style happen. And like, I guess four months ago, it's been like four months ago, Plus, Four uh, plus months ago, yeah. um, we were very,
1: what? Yeah, now gonna... no, I just, I guess, oh, boy, no, I, I don't know. I, whoo, it's so crazy how I just, you know, this is, this topic is why my mother cut us off. Know, hearing us yeah. talk, talk about this on the podcast. I have been told that I'm evil by my mother. I've been told that you are basically a slut by my mm. mother, right? Like the person, the first person in this world that's supposed to give me unconditional love. I have had my, this, this relationship format that we have for 10 years been working on uh, has been used against me by um, business partners, by um, people in other communities, and there is a huge part of me that is still mm. fucking terrified of talking about it, you know, um, because, yeah, of historical stuff. So, but it is it is really important to talk about, uh, especially since we have such a, you know, a profile in our community, so... Um yeah, I just wanted to really proceed this by asking our audience um, to just have a you know a understanding and compassionate lens. Um, I think this is you know a, an opportunity for us to um, grow and be stronger together, and it's also an opportunity for um our vulnerability to be used against us as it has mm-hmm. in the past you know
0: yeah yeah i'm glad that you said that cuz it's so true like we are being very vulnerable and a lot of people who have platforms such as this um are not willing to mm-hmm. be honest and then it you know comes out in ways which are not helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> to anybody um but so like it feels we wouldn't be sharing this if we didn't feel like it was a healthy mm-hmm. part of our life
1: and helpful to others as well.
0: And helpful to others. Um, we've been building and deepening a relationship with a good friend that we've had for a couple of years over the past four months, and it has greatly contributed to the health of of our family unit and this person's family unit Mm -hmm. as well. And I feel like Eric mentioned, we're going to do a whole episode on the divine feminine and exploring that and all the different containers in which that presents itself. Um, But I feel like I'm the healthiest I have been in many years today. Mm -hmm. And, I just feel really grateful and I feel like I'm really grateful for this person and um it helped me so much just encouraged me to be myself and um they're just so wonderful with our children and our children love them so much and it feels like what i have been envisioning for 10 years plus 10 plus years before we even met mm-hmm. this is what i've really been my soul has been wanting is like not just not just um intim- like greater intimacy but like just greater help too. like actual real time. Like when you think of a partner Mm -hmm. that you want to share yourself with in your life with, there's all these different things that go into that and being someone that's actually like working towards the good of the whole and the Mm -hmm. unit is Mm -hmm. like, it just kind of feels a little bit like a miracle. Um,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's, um, I, gu- I guess, you know, what I would love to hear you speak about is how being in this relationship, um, <laughs> that it's so funny that we had like we had just like let go or just like, just forget that. That's just not, it's not happening. It's not a thing. We don't care, like whatever. We've got such a good life together. Mm -hmm. We have such a, you know, everything is so good. And and that's when it just appeared right in front of us from, it's just, it's uncanny. Mm -hmm. And that is a testimony to me or a testament to me um, to the power of letting go. Um, but I guess what I'd, I would love to hear you talk about in terms of um, this episode and your personal growth, like, you know, this has been, like you said, this has been something you have been <clears throat> building towards, dreaming of, hoping for uh, since before we met. It's very funny, also, that the, to me, that's very ironic, anyway, that the individual who you were dating, before we were met, who was married, and you were trying to have a relationship like this with them, messaged you out of the blue today. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just curious, like, looking back over the last 15 years, however long it's been since you kind of started to feel like this might be the kind of relationship that would suit you best, to where you're at now, and actually having experienced this for several months seems like it's going to be a thing for a while I'm very hopeful, very optimistic feels, feels so natural and so right um, how do you see how do you see this directly impacting your personal growth and your authenticity your expression of self <clears throat>
0: Well, first I want to comment on what you said about letting go of the idea of it needing to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And us focusing on, we really needed to come back together as mm-hmm. a unit. Mm-hmm. And we did that. We really strengthened our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, which has not been linear over the last couple of years has mm-hmm. not been a linear strengthening, but we came to a point of making the decision to focus on this right here and each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. And that decision felt very wholesome. It didn't feel like this is something we have to do now. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. felt like this is what we want to do mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. together. And that, allowed me to feel that built a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. It helped me feel like you really do have my back and, um, and it's okay for me to not be, I can, I can express myself authentically in my needs now mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. Now that we're prioritizing our relationship Cause I, I just, I struggled with that for a Mm. while. That was a, a head buck, if -hmm. you will, Mm -hmm. uh, for myself of, cause I'm somebody that for my whole life, I've pushed my boundaries at times way farther than I, that were healthy for me. Um, I've been doing that since I was like six years old Mm -hmm. and, um, that got, wrapped up Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. whole practice of questioning the status quo Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and being able to come back to center and just say we don't like Courtney you don't need to push yourself beyond realms of like you don't need to push yourself into complete and total discomfort and anxiety, like Mm -hmm. you don't need to do that anymore. And hearing you knowing that you felt that way too, like, no, really just be happy. Like, let's just be be, like happy and not be trying to grow so hardcore Mm -hmm. for a little bit and build that foundation. That was absolutely critical Mm -hmm. to being able to relax enough and be ourselves enough with each other and trust each other enough trust that we're being honest with each other um because i i wasn't honest a lot mm-hmm. um and throughout our relationship just trying to do what i thought i should do mm-hmm. at times mm-hmm. and that's you know that's on me mm-hmm. and so uh yeah that's just really important and i feel like as far as moving forward you, you you asked me how would this contribute to my how, how does authentic- this how
1: have you seen this so far contribute to your authenticity and your personal growth this relationship with uh, this incredible woman that we have been with
0: well i
1: mm.
0: I have felt rejected by the feminine part of myself since I can remember. I've like I've had a lot of, and I know a lot of women can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've felt rejected by women friendships. Uh, I've had quite a few really close friendships that have um, suddenly erupted and ended, and um, I've felt rejected by groups of women that I wanted to be a part of that, you know, kind of like let me in but didn't really want me there, and um, me finding out via other people, and I've just, I've experienced a lot of, I guess you could call it like little traumas with women that have built up over time to where I've felt to be really challenging um, in my adult life to be myself with with women. And that's been a, a big growth thing for me over the past, like, directly five years. But with this relationship with this particular person... Um, I feel like I just feel I feel seen. I feel like encouraged mm-hmm. to be me. And how does safe.
1: that? How does that affect you though? Impact you when you're out walking around in the world without me or her there with you?
0: I feel a level of it feels like an ease. Mm -hmm. has been brought to me. Mm -hmm. I feel an ease in talking with other people that like a part of me has been seen, a vulnerable part of me has been seen. Mm -hmm. Like we've already been through some challenging um, things with this person. I mean, before we were Mm -hmm. connecting um, intimately Mm -hmm. on a deeper level, Mm -hmm. um, just throughout our friendship as well like we've been through some challenging stuff mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and and stuff that's like feels like icky and embarrassing and we have all like allowed ourselves at times to to be open about that those icky parts mm-hmm. and when i feel like whenever we do that in that raw vulnerable way and we're held and mm-hmm. someone we feel loved more afterwards it's like i felt a release like a true release of it's okay mm-hmm. like it's
2: mm-hmm.
0: you've seen the parts of me that most people have not and that i'm scared to show most people and like you you want you want to be with me mm-hmm. more mm-hmm and you've opened up more with mm-hmm. me and i've opened up more with you and mm-hmm. so it has a great impact on like my my energy mm-hmm. as i'm walking through the world and my confidence like knowing cuz you know when you're talking with people throughout the day it's like there's these thoughts that come in if you only knew mm-hmm. if you only knew then you wouldn't you wouldn't like me or you wouldn't accept me and so expanding our like expanding our unit um, and opening up our families together. And cause that's a big part of it too, child rearing, mm-hmm. like raising kids and the parenting is, is yeah. icky sometimes. And like, we don't like ourselves as parents, like more than we maybe would admit mm-hmm. and being able to be witnessed in that way too, and work through those challenges is huge for me as a woman Mm -hmm. and a mother Mm -hmm. and not like being able to let go of shame around the momming Mm -hmm. part of me that Mm -hmm. oftentimes i'm just like i don't know what i'm doing and now you're here uh as a mother and you're like you're seeing me and you're you're like in support of me and we talk through the stuff like there's been that's been a big part of it is I feel like I'm judging myself Mm -hmm. right now. And I'm feeling like you're, you gotta be rejecting me because Mm -hmm. of the way that this went with me and my child or Mm -hmm. whatever. And being able to talk through that and know that, no, that's not what's happening actually. That's, that's a story Mm -hmm. within me. This felt like a big weight off. Yeah.
1: You certainly seem like you've had a big weight off your shoulders.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: Just in terms of energy and yeah, that internal critical voice, uh, you, you just it feel like you're being much kinder to yourself.
0: Yeah, it does feel that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What about for you? How has this impacted mm-hmm. Your,
1: mm-hmm.
0: your energy?
1: Definitely feel lighter. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, there's still, that that stigma that I have concerns, have had some concerns about, uh, which, you know, is one of the reasons that we wanted to directly address this here is because, you know, this, um, this wonderful woman is a member of our community and, um, you know, we're at a derby party this weekend and, like, I'm, like, wanting to just, like, put my arm on her shoulder or something or just, like, you know, whatever, just be affectionate and feel restricted um, because it's not something that we've really talked about with our community yet. Um, and it is a still a very, uh, and it probably will always be a uh, alternative lifestyle, not a typical lifestyle. Um, maybe, I don't know. Um, so there's there's been some of that kind of, Uh, reservation, which is the antithesis of what I'm about, right? I'm all about like just being authentic. Um, And then I have also at times felt that when I am authentic, that there's... that's potentially problematic. Like when I'm out in public and openly showing affection to both of you, you know, or at the same time, like, you know, there's been some times that we've gone out dancing together, and there's very obviously some creepy people staring at us kind of thing and um guys <laughs> always <laughs> guys <laughs> yeah.
0: fucking dudes Good are so note. creepy <laughs> uh,
1: yeah no I'm like right like there well, was like that woman came up to us last week and she was like like oh look at you three look at you all you know what are y'all doing what are y'all about this is cute kind of thing and like dudes are just like in the corner like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, God. yeah it's gross well
0: that's not i mean that's not always true well, we had that one time awesome. the guy was Say like that.
1: yeah that was so cool
0: yeah the guy we were out dancing this is a separate time and this guy came up and he was like i don't know what y'all have going on but if you're not making a family you need to make a family okay that's all i'm saying this is just
1: working this is working That was only like the second or third time we went out together publicly yeah. you know yeah that was awesome so that was very confirming um and i'd say ultimately that sentiment or that sense of this is working this is this is work it has it has felt um relieving it's felt like justifying Because here's the deal, right, and I've said this to you already in the last couple weeks, you know, I can now look back and know that when I was in seventh grade and I had this just deep satisfaction at spending time with Aaron and Miranda, my two friends. Like, I, I loved those girls in grade school. I was still very good friends with one of them, you know. And I loved, just loved seeing them together, how they, like, helped each other be more feminine, how they brought that, they gave permission to each other to be woman, to be feminine. And I can look back at that now. I see that with you and her, and it's like that same feeling on overdrive and i know that my desires or my impulses from childhood were centered in love and not in um this you know porn version of sexuality Mm -hmm. and i've said that you know to you and her both how like it like being intimate feels very wholesome you know it feels it doesn't it, it's it's not that you know fucked up unhealthy representation that has dudes in the corner of the bar with their mm-hmm. tongues hanging out to their knees you know <laughs> and so i mean I, don't know, I really i really hope like in In bringing this conversation up over the years, as I've tried to, my hope has always been that other men would find solace in knowing they weren't the only ones that felt this way, who were just like, it has been for years. And it's like never been that I, because I didn't love the person that I was with. It was, there has just always, as long as I can remember, I have felt in balance, the most in balance when there are two women in my life. And People have told me it's because I'm a, you know, a pervert or because I'm a womanizer or because blah, blah, blah. You should just go get a prostitute and don't tell your wife. I mean, like my best friend in Jamaica used to tell me to cheat on you and not tell you about it. You know, like this Rasta who's like talking about living upright and one love and then telling me to lie to you and go behind your back and then possibly even threaten you with a venereal disease or some shit, you know? And so it's been really, I felt like it's been really important because I know there are so many men, just like there are women who are str- struggling to, you know, embrace their, or f- their, you know, f- who feel rejected by their communities. There are men who struggle in a feeling of isolation because they are compelled towards this type of lifestyle. And I think that there's a way that we can talk about it and understand it as a like pretty natural biological drive pretty natural aspect of human biology and a pretty natural aspect of human sociology
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: you have more support you have you feel more um i guess just supported you know than you ever have been have felt, uh, so yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's likewise with women. Um, I feel like it's very very helpful to talk about this for women too, mm-hmm. because there is this idea around. Well, if my partner wants to explore feelings with potentially someone else well then that must mean i'm not enough and there's something wrong with me or they don't want to be with me and like it is one of the leading causes of divorce mm-hmm. i do believe mm-hmm. is the inab- the the seemingly the seeming inability to have these conversations with our partners and instead like you're saying just Resolve to go behind the back Mm -hmm. of the partner and the person who you mentioned that messaged me Mm -hmm. uh, who I desperately wanted to have an authentic relationship with felt completely shut down by his wife. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, I'd rather not know. I'd rather you be out and never tell me because I can't handle it. Which is devastating. That is devastating. to And that's, to me, it's devastating. Again, there's so many different ways that people have these relationships and mm-hmm. everybody's where they're at. And that is a established way is the don't ask, don't tell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. policy. And that's fine. If that works for you, it doesn't work for me, though. <laughs> I,
1: bet, I bet we're having a lot more fun than the don't ask, don't tell crowd.
0: <laughs> I want to be... <laughs> A part of the fun. Can I be part of the fun? <laughs> like that's what I. W- I did not understand. Like,
2: yeah.
0: like sister can like we could be cool we could be really cool Mm -hmm. we could get along great i could help you out don't you want some help yeah come on like here i am a single woman Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. i'm bored i'm like let me help you clean your house i I will clean your house (laughs) i'm like telling him tell her i will come clean the house i will help Mm -hmm. i will be of actual assistance logistically Right. right and it was just like huh the outrage that Mm -hmm. would be experienced Mm -hmm. like she'd take my kids she'd take Mm -hmm. everything and that is a common thing with women just feeling believing the story Mm -hmm. that we've been told Mm -hmm. that 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 means this Mm -hmm. and that's been the exhausting element of this over the years is working through that with myself Mm. uh and trying to figure out like does this mean that does
1: well i mean a conflicting part of that over the years has been the fact that um you know i was making an effort to meet women and then bring Women back into art to meet you and then see how things got along and blah, blah, blah. And like, mm-hmm. that was just like, that's just like, that's just not going to work. That's just not going to work. I mean, very seldomly, yeah. I think it, it didn't work, work very work, well. You know, um, yeah. and when I just like stopped trying and just gave you space, like energetically, you know, um, then. I don't know it's just really incredible it's really incredible um and I think like that's that's a beautiful part of this too is that you know she was a part of our a helpful part of our home and community yeah. and friendship before mm-hmm. it turned that way you know and so there was a level of trust there between the two of you yeah um because you know
0: that wasn't yeah. the intention like I mean, it wasn't the intention to be where we're at now, like building the oh, relationship no, no, with yeah, no. her. No, it was, I was hu- never I was the hu- intention.
1: I, I, and I can say it. Like, I love, I love so much that I can say it and know it and mean it that I had no designs towards her. Like, you know, I was like trying to, I was fully in support of her getting back with her ex-husband and like, you know, wanting her just as a friend, wanting her to be in a healthy relationship, like... I know that I can look at the whole thing and say, like, I didn't, I didn't, I just was an observer or I was, you know, a participant in a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a, there's a lot that I could go into that I don't know if it really requires or warrants that much detail just in terms of like, you know, seeing that shift. Um and just, Are you sure you
0: don't want to have another four-hour episode?
1: <laughs> we might be getting close, but like, <laughs> but there was like, there was a point where, um, like I saw you turn on. I saw Courtney's like inner light be like, "Yes, mm-hmm. this is what I. This is I. Yes, mm-hmm. you know." And that was so much more fulfilling, so much more rewarding than any other scenario that we've ever been in. And, you know, we've been, you know, we've had, we've, you know, dated or been in situations where you were like, yeah, it's cool. We'll see how it goes or whatever. And kind of, but for you to be like, yeah, I love her. I fucking love this girl and I want to spend time with her and I want to help her. I want to be helped by her. And like, that is... There is just the most beautiful thing. And then to see her feel that way, see her, you know, knowing, knowing her. And I'm like, we're obviously intentionally not saying this individual's name because, you know, their privacy. Um, We feel like it's obviously anybody that's here in our physical community is going to be able to figure out pretty quick who we're talking about. And that's fine and great uh, because that's a big part of this. We want our community here. To just know who we are, not we're not high, we're not trying to add anything, Um, but to see, seeing her after, you know, watching her for a couple of years, being a challenging relationship and struggle with her own child and her own situation, and to see her feel supported and seen, and and it, it's just, it's fucking great. It feels so good.
0: Yeah, and. <clears throat> Having friends, like for me, this is a big, wonderful part of this is having a couple close friends of mine who I can talk about this relationship with Mm -hmm. and feel supported. And Mm -hmm. like they feel curious and like lovingly curious Mm -hmm. and happy for us and um, that. Feels like in terms of our our growth and updates, <laughs> having friendships that feel really authentic. Mm-hmm. Where I can tell you stuff that is not normally. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about you telling me mm-hmm. like we'll see how that works out for you, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like projecting their own. That mm-hmm. was that has been an ongoing struggle for me with friendships. Over the course of my life is like major projection of their own right. fears onto me that disables me from opening up about things. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful to have close friends who are in a place in their life aware enough, conscientious enough to like lift me up and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. ask questions.
1: Yeah. Be and, genuinely curious. Yeah. yeah. I guess the last thing I'd say wanna would want to say about this whole this topic really is that uh Uh, (laughs) I think I have identified the feeling like I've expressed to you and and her both that I've had a little bit of reservation like when we go out like really like embracing like how grateful I am for this and like there's a part of me that's reserved um, is because I feel like I'm the guy walking around with a briefcase full of fucking money and everybody knows it. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Like, I'm walking around with two beautiful, very beautiful women who uh, are, I know, at least I know, that they are very authentic, uh, very loving, very family-oriented, very hardworking. And, yeah, it's like, oh, shit. Like looking around, do people know I got like a million dollars in this briefcase? So <laughs> should I have a bodyguard right now? <laughs> That's funny.
0: That's a good way to put it. I feel very similarly like walking around when we're all together.
1: Oh, really? Like, you seem much more like
0: what?
1: nonchalant about it. And I feel like well, I'm like, keep it down, relate, keep it down. You know, I can relate to if the I'm part just,
0: about just feeling, yeah, I'm. I feel more inclined to... Like be like look at all our money.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not so inclined. Like <laughs> you see this? You see this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also see those three guys in the corner oh, creeping, yeah. you know? Those guys. So no. But no, the friendship the friendship thing, that is the other really important aspect of my life that I want to celebrate. Yeah. For the first time and I don't even I can't I can't remember. I, honest to God, cannot remember the last time in my life. I guess it was like, probably like, even like in 2009, I only had a couple of real people who I considered friends. Um, and man, it feels so good that I can think of like five men right now who I really like spending time with. Um, and who I want to hang out with. And that has been very new for me. So, oh boy, there's been, been a lot of a lot of growth for sure in the last two years. Um, and it is really funny how on the day-to-day it seems pretty pretty slow in a lot of ways. But when you look back, I'm a different person. I'm a different person than I was two years ago. Thankfully so.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I feel like more of me. I feel like... That's,
1: that's probably a better way to say it, yeah.
0: And, uh, I know what you mean, but like shedding the mm-hmm. the crap that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, just feel cleaner and more in flow and... I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the next two years and seeing how we grow together. Yeah,
1: we're going to have... Uh, our children. Open contact, according to Bashar. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I told Theo on the, school, on the way to school the other day, I was listening to the um, interview with uh, James Fox, the guy that did the first contact movie. I was listening to him on, I don't know, Joe Rogan or something. And... Uh, Theo was asking, are they talking about aliens? And, yeah, it's like, you know, you know, Theo, you and I hopefully live in a time where for the first time ever, it's probably going to be acknowledged that there are beings, extraterrestrials, whatever you want there, are intelligences that are coming to this planet. And interacting with us. Like what a mind blowing and it's it is going to happen. Y'all can mark my words. Like it's happening now. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> go check out go check out the documentary uh moment of contact. It is on YouTube. An entire You can get it all over the place. You can probably just get clips on YouTube. But, like, an entire town in Brazil had a mass, like, not just sighting. There was, like, three days of stuff that went down, including the U.S. government coming in and taking stuff out. We are absolutely living in a time where, as long as the world continues, we're going to see undeniably confirmation that there are beings from other planets, dimensions, timelines, who knows how it's gonna ultimately play out, that are coming into our world.
0: On our two hundredth episode,
1: we'll interview we'll
0: one. We'll check back we'll on your prediction.
1: Bashar. Can everybody send Bashar. with me, send some mental thought energy, some intention towards me and Courtney and maybe even our uh Partner, partner to go see Bashar on September 9th this year, my birthday. Ooh. I want to, I just, if you want to see me be authentic,
0: anybody listening has a hookup to that Bashar event
1: in Sedona,
0: bring it in. <laughs> we'll say your name on the podcast. Say your name on the, if you'd like to you sponsor
1: want, Eric to see Bashar, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, us I'm know. telling you, I'm a again. We will see, and I am possibly trying to position myself in the role. We will see a intersect an intersect of psychedelics and UFOlogy. People have been taking psychedelics, and not just in our current time, but way back in history, people have been taking psychedelics and encountering the same beings that we're encountering today on psychedelics and some of those beings seem to be showing up outside of the psychedelic space uh chris bledsoe is another another incredible uh experiencer who has been documented he has many many hours of footage of uh entities energies that he has encountered he has been studied by nasa he's been studied by cia and all the abbreviated agencies there is a connection between particularly psilocybin i believe and these galactic intelligences
0: so there's eric's predictions for the oh, next I've got
1: more years.
0: Yes, right. So, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Why you cut me off I'm <laughs> aliens. I'm we are to really going di- off on a tangent here. This Can is we have not, an alien girlfriend? Is, we are going into <laughs> episode one hundred and one now. This is really <laughs> all redirect. Right. All right, another episode. Seriously, <clears throat> thank you all for listening. It's really been such a treat for me to. Grow and talk with the help of your all's perspective over mm. the last couple of years. And I just can't believe this is episode 100. If what? I would have been told that two years ago on that first episode that we would be here until 100, mm-hmm. I would have been in shock. So,
1: well, let's, yeah, let's also celebrate our commitment to this community, this culture, this shift. Uh, that is happening. Yeah. And each other. High five. Yes. Thanks All for right. listening. Thanks for See listening.
0: you on the next one.